What specifically would you do that you aren't currently able to because your health condition is holding you back? Welcome to Balance Health Now podcast. I'm your certified functional nutrition health coach and your host, Sydney Torres. My passion is helping women balance their hormones naturally and improve gut function. Being a health detective, finding the underlining root causes. My other passion is speaking to other health and wellness warriors who share the same vision, wellness for all. We chat all things A to Z on holistic health and wellness, providing holistic and science-based solutions to help you reclaim your health so you can live, feel, and transform into the best version of you. If you don't have your health, then what do you have? I release new episodes every Wednesday. Hope to see you inside. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. The content should not be used to diagnose, treat, cure any medical or psychological disorder. Hi, Laura. Welcome to Balance Health Now podcast. Hey, Sydney. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. So we are going to be talking all about busting diet culture myths and weight loss is not necessarily synonymous with health. But before we get started, I just want to introduce you to everybody. You have a very impressive um, lineup. You are a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, yoga instructor, sports nutritionist, and you, your mission is to dismantle the diet industry and empower people to live happy and healthy lives, as well as focus on mindset and really helping people unlearn their past conditioning. So I just want to learn a little bit more about you and hear your story, how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So I have a little bit of a strange story and I will spare everyone all the, all the details, but basically, um, growing up, I was in sports and music and I was always doing both. I was simultaneously kind of this like lead in the musical and captain of the tennis team. And then I would go from volleyball practice to show choir. And like, it was always this back and forth. And so that said, my body was my instrument and my tool for my whole life. I mean, that's the case for everyone, but when you are an athlete and when you are a musician and specifically a singer, you have to learn how to take care of your body because if it doesn't work, you can't do the things. So, um, I went through really all of my childhood through high school, kind of doing all of these things. And when I went to college, I went to a a music conservatory and thought that I was done with sports forever until my junior year, when I got an email from the softball coach saying they really needed me because they were really short handed. And someone had, I went to a really small school and someone had essentially told her, Hey, I know this person that played softball at one point. So I ended up playing college softball for two years, which I still just think is a trip. Um, I was not great, but, um, it was fun. And, um, it really helped me in hindsight because what happened when I went to college is that I didn't really know how to work out 
or take care of myself because I'd always been in organized sports. And so I was at practice all the time. I always was kind of in shape or fit for lack of a better term, um, and healthy enough. And then when I wasn't in organized sports, I felt super lost. And so after college, when I was no longer playing softball, I found myself back in that place of like, I I was a college athlete at this point, and I still don't really know how to work out on my own. I still don't really know much about food. And so I just started my own health and wellness journey and I started running and I started doing yoga and I got into CrossFit at one point and I started documenting all of this on social media. And so a few years down the road, um, people started asking me for help and I was like, I don't know how to help you. (laughs) I barely know what I'm doing myself. Um, but I kept having people reach out to me and I was like, man, you know, I would love to learn more about nutrition. So maybe I'll just get a certification and see what happens. And so in 2019, I did my precision nutrition level one certification and I got insurance and I took on my first couple of clients and had no idea what I was doing and just have kind of figured it out over the years. And I guess we're, we're almost at my three year biz birthday. So three years down the road, I'm full-time now in health and wellness and yeah, so it, it was kind of unintentional and it just, I just fell into this work. Well, I, I like that story and I just like, like the evolution of it, you know, from your, uh, your college until you're older and you just started posting your, your journey. Mm-hmm. And I think it's through our journey where we can really help others. So wow. I just think that's so great now that you are able to, um, take clients on and really help guide them to better nutrition, better mindset and better lifestyle. So with that being said, let's dive into this and let's talk about what are some of the things in the diet culture? What are some of the lies that they have been feeding us? Oh gosh, how much time do we have? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know that's a loaded question, right? Um, Okay. So First of all, there's the fact that, and I know you alluded to this in the intro, that weight loss equals getting healthier. And that's just not true. Um, Diet culture tells us that thinner is better all the time. Like, I don't think I've ever seen messaging from diet culture that says otherwise. And what's really, really messed up about this is that under eating and being underweight are just as correlated with higher mortality than or as I should say, as obesity, they are equally dangerous and, uh, or have the potential to be dangerous. Of course, not everyone underweight is unhealthy and not everyone overweight is unhealthy, which is a huge part of the work that I do also. Um, but those risks are essentially the same. If you look at the research and we've just been told to shrink and shrink and shrink and smaller is better. Um, and it's just not the case. Um, another one is that, certain foods are evil or toxic or, you know, pick your, whatever word diet culture uses. Um, my favorite is like the people who basically have this narrative that processed foods will kill you. And then they're like using protein powder and eating protein bars. And I'm like, those are, but those are processed. Like, it's like they pick and choose, which, which they want to be the villain right now and which they don't. Um, 
the idea that carbs are evil is insane to me because our brain runs on glucose, which is a sugar, um, and that's a carb. So when we are not eating carbohydrates for most of us like that, we don't feel good. I had a client recently that was like, Hey, I don't know what's going on. Like I'm feeling really sluggish after my workouts. And I asked him like, what are you eating? He was like chicken and veggies. And I was like, cool. So I, it's because you're not eating carbs. Like they get such a bad reputation and it just doesn't make sense because our bodies need them. Uh, those are the, the top ones that come to mind are, are, you know, carbs are bad processed foods will kill you. And weight loss is the ultimate goal. Yeah. And you know, I'm so glad that we're, we're talking about this to really make people aware that don't believe the hype. Don't believe every single thing that you hear. You have to always take in the information, digest it, and then do your due diligence. Mm -hmm. You know, what is true for you? Because everybody is going to have their own truth. Everybody is um, bio individual. Mm -hmm. So you know, I, I'm so glad because I'm starting to like really see the shift now. I think it started maybe like really coming to light, maybe within the like last two years, year and a half where thin is not in. And I'm so glad that, um, different companies are now starting to break these different myths. Um, just like you look, look on the magazines and you see like the skinny girls. Now you're starting to see like regular size people, mm -hmm. you know, that is just so, um, what the, what the diet culture does is they just put like, what's the word? Um, just went like blank, but unrealistic body. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. <laughs> yeah. They just put those unrealistic expectations mm -hmm. on everybody and people are buying it. And now is the time where, you know what? No, thin is, thin is not good. Um, carbs, carbs, like you said, carbs are good. You know, it just, yeah. it just depends on, you know, you have to know what type of carbs to eat is a simple mm -hmm. carb or is it a complex carb? So I just think it's so important that people really start to educate themselves and really start to be their own advocates. Yeah. I love that you said that because you're absolutely right. Like there are two things that we don't do a good job of. One is thinking critically about what we're being told. And one example that came to mind immediately <clears throat> was the fact that the same people who tell you that carbs are bad will try to sell you like a five day juice cleanse, which is literally only carbohydrates. Like do, if we think about this, it's like, oh, hold on that doesn't actually make any sense at all. Um, and the other thing you said was about our own unique biodiversity. Like my body is not going to like all the same things that your body likes. Um, I actually really hate when people use the term healthy and unhealthy as these blanket statements because it's different for everyone. Like you'll see someone saying, oh, almonds are a superfood. And it's like, cool. I have a client who is allergic to nuts and that will kill her. Like we, we don't, we can't just throw around these, these random words and label things healthy and unhealthy because what's healthy for one person might not be healthy for another. And we unfortunately have to do a little bit of work, as you said, to do some trial and error and experiment and see how we feel eating different quantities and different types of foods and 
um, different types of carbs and fats and proteins and whatever that looks like. Um, I, in this trial and error that I was doing a few years back, decided that I was going to be vegan and I thought that was healthier. And I totally wrecked my hormones and it took me about eight years to really heal my hormones and feel energetic again, because I was so sluggish and malnourished. And this is not to like say veganism is bad, right? I don't, I don't like those blanket statements and those good, bad binaries, but it was bad for me. And I had to learn, okay, this is not sustainable. My body is so angry with me. Um, and for other people that might be eating meat, like I, I have a member at the gym I coach at and she said she really was having some digestive issues and she was breaking out all the time and she went vegan and she feels amazing, which is just an example of the fact that we're all different. And so these, these blanket statements that diet culture throws out are just, there's no way that that can be true for every human. Exactly. And just to kind of like piggyback on what you said about being vegan, I had a similar situation where I was hardcore vegan. I started off vegetarian and then I'm like, oh, I could do better. I could do better. So then I bumped it up to (laughs) vegan. And then I'm like, oh, I could, I could do even better than this. Then I bumped it up to a raw vegan. And I, I did that for four years. I recently, um, gosh, this past December, I recently realized that, you know what, this is just not good for my body. Just Mm -hmm. like you, my hormones, hot mess. Mm -hmm. And now I just kind of really had like that, um, light bulb moment where yes, veganism or vegetarian or the keto or paleo, whatever you want to call it, it works for that particular individual and I thought I was being healthy, but I was just wrecking my, my insides. So Mm -hmm. I just, you know, like for everybody listening, um, I just want you to really, I think we really need to start taking the labels off of all these different, um, dietary plans and just eat what feels good to us, eat Mm -hmm. what, what makes our body thrive and what makes us full of energy. And that's what I started to do. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to do this, this, you know, diet or this diet or this diet. I just, I just really started to tune into my body and listen to what it needs Mm -hmm. and give my body that, you know, I was so deprived. Like I didn't eat eggs, the meat and I recently, I'm like incorporating little pieces of meat back into my diet. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I ate the meat, I started off uh, with like some lean turkey breast. My body was like, hallelujah, where have you (laughs) been? And then I, you know, I started to incorporate, you know, like one egg a week and Mm -hmm. I could just really, it's like literally night and day. And my body is just, it's thriving so much more now that I've incorporated, you know, um, the animal protein. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say too, that, you know, different ways of eating might feel better in different periods of our life and like different seasons. Right. I, as an athlete, like my activity level and my activity type has changed 
drastically at different points in my life. And for me, the amount of food and the types of food that I'm eating have needed to shift with those activities. And I think one of the reasons that being vegan really didn't work for me was that about, I was vegan for two years and about one year in, I started doing CrossFit and I'd never done that much lifting. I had never done um, anything that high intensity and my body just, I was crashing and I needed meat in order to support that activity. Um, before that I was running a lot. And so high carb, high fat was great. Like I wasn't trying to build a lot of muscle. I just needed endurance to go run, 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 run. And so, um, you know, we're allowed to shift and we're allowed to change and our bodies are allowed to change. And the way that we eat is allowed to change. Like we are not stagnant. If we were, we would just be infants still, right? Like we, we grow and change. Exactly. Yeah. The body is definitely uh, dynamic and it's always shifting, um, Mm -hmm. especially when we reach those different, you know, major or major or minor, however you, you choose to see it, um, ages in our lives, you know, what we ate as little kids or teenagers or adults or midlife, it's all going to be different. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's kind of like shift gears and talk about how do we as individuals start to take our power back? How do we start to, um, tell ourselves new stories in regards to, um, eating and diet culture? Yeah, I think it kind of depends on where we're starting from, right? And like how deep, how deeply entrenched we are in diet culture and how long we've been entrenched in diet culture. Because for some of us, it might take years and years and years of reprogramming if we've been immersed in this for decades. I think, you know, the first the first thing that I really like to do with my clients is to really start to focus on tuning into our bodies, whether that is doing something as simple as like a mind body scan, just waking up in the morning, closing your eyes and literally just doing like you can picture a scan from the top of your head down to your feet and checking in with yourself. How do I feel physically? Oh, my legs are kind of sore from my workout yesterday okay, everything else feels pretty good. I'm feeling a little bit anxious. I have a lot to do. I'm going out of town tomorrow and there's a to-do list running through my head and just noticing how you're feeling. Because once we start to build that interoceptive awareness, we can start to honor the signals that our body is giving us. But if we've been to use your words that I loved outsourcing our power to all of these external sources like meal plans and diets and macros and points and whatever it is, then it, it can take a while for us to really tune back into our bodies because we haven't been listening to them. And so I really think that that's the first step is to start to cultivate that relationship with your body, start to notice what it's telling you and start to really connect with it because it's not your enemy. Like this is the only place you have to live for your whole life. We need to cultivate a happy and healthy relationship with it. Um, and that means honoring the signals that we give it. One of my favorite examples is, um, you know, another thing diet culture has done is give us all of these ways to suppress our appetite, which is just ridiculous because, Hunger is our body telling us 
It's a physiological sign that we need to eat the same way that we know when we need to pee. And we would never like take a pill to suppress our like need to pee, right? Like that sounds absolutely ridiculous. We would never say, oh my God, how could I feel like I have to pee again? I just peed an hour ago. But we talk about our hunger cues that way. And we'll say things like, oh, I just ate an hour ago. Like, how could I possibly be hungry? Because you probably didn't eat enough food an hour ago, right? Like there's a reason that your body feels hungry. And when we start to tune in with not just our physical cues, but also our emotional state and learning how to feel our feelings, then we start to take our power back from all of those external sources and be able to honor everything that our body is telling us. Yeah. You know, you said that so beautifully. I, I, I really like how, um, you teach your clients to do the body scan. Um, I think that it's so simple, but yet it's so powerful mm-hmm. and really, like you said, really getting connected to your mind, body and, and soul seeing, doing that check-in like, oh yeah, I did that workout and my legs do hurt and giving your body what it needs. And I think like another important point too, is just turning down, um, the external noise. Mm -hmm. And that brings us back to just that body awareness. Your body is always, always giving you signs and symptoms and don't ignore them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that could be like a whole nother topic, ignoring (laughs) your signs and symptoms. We're probably going to have to talk about that later, but seriously, don't ignore what your body is telling you. Mm -hmm. Just really for everybody listening, I just want you to maybe, I challenge everybody out there right now listening is to do a body scan, wake up in the morning, take about two minutes before your feet hit the floor and just do that scan. Mm-hmm. And I think that will, um, it will be very, very powerful and it will be even more powerful the more you do it. Mm-hmm. It is. And it, and it takes practice. You know, one of the things that we have a a tendency to do as adults is think that when we know something like, oh, I know this new thing now, right? Like I know that I'm supposed to listen to my body. We think that all of a sudden we can do it. And like, we get frustrated that we're, we're not doing a good job of listening to our bodies, or maybe we don't understand what it's telling us. Y'all we have been immersed in diet culture forever, right? Like this work takes time and it's, it takes practice And the more you do things like a mind body scan, the more you honor what your body's telling you and you eat when you're hungry and you stop when you're full and you drink when you're thirsty and you rest when you're tired, the easier it's going to get. Yeah, definitely. So I have a quick question. So when you're working with your clients, um, how do you incorporate mindset? That's a great question. And it really does look different with everyone. But I do a lot of reflect, reflecting things back to them on our calls. Um, so for example, I had a client recently who said something like, she went to school for, um, I want to say kinesiology. Um, it was in the health and wellness field. And she, at that time, felt like she was struggling with her weight. And she said on, on our call something about, you know, no one would want a fat trainer. And I said, are you open to a reflection? And she was like, yeah. And I said, I'm curious where that thought came from, because 
I see that as you not trusting or not wanting to work with a trainer who lives in a larger body. That is, that's your internal, something that you're internalizing, right? And so we'll talk through things like that, that come up on these calls, because it's all about challenging our previous beliefs. And um, an analogy that I use with my clients when we're trying to do some of this thought work and learn to think new thoughts and shift our mindset is this analogy of a hiking trail. So if we're going on a hike, there's usually a very clear trail and we don't really have to think hard about it. We just walk down the trail that's already created. It's autopilot. When we are learning a new thought and we want to believe a new thought, we have to create a brand new trail and it's really challenging. There are probably trees that we have to like rip the branches off. We're going to get cuts. There are bushes in the way. We've got to like make this new path and it doesn't feel natural. It feels really hard. And the next time we go on that hike, the tendency is going to be to go down that well you know, beaten path first. And we have to stop and say, no, I'm going to go this other direction. And you really have to wear down that new path before it feels natural. And it takes a really long time, but that's kind of how I challenge them to think about this is like, okay, when you notice yourself going down that thought of like, whatever the mindset is, whether it's, um, I need to work out because I have to earn the ice or burn off the ice cream that I ate yesterday. Right. It's like, hold on. I don't want to think that thought anymore. My new thought is that I get to enjoy ice cream whenever it feels good to me. And I don't ever have to burn it off or earn it. And it's just that practice of every time we think one of those old thoughts, just stopping and acknowledging it and not judging ourselves, because if we're looking at this work through a lens of judgment, we're never going to get there. We're going to be, we're, we turn into our own worst enemy instead of our own biggest advocate. And so we just have to look at these things with curiosity and figure out how, what we need to think, what these new thoughts are that are going to serve us. Yeah, absolutely. And I know when it comes to mindset, that can be very, very, very challenging. And Mm -hmm. it's just, I like what you said, um, one thought at a time. And Mm -hmm. if you can just be aware of that one thought that is taking you down that dark path and you could flip it and think new thoughts and go down that new trail and start to cut down those trees, Mm -hmm. um, it has the more likelihood of, of becoming like a, a new daily thought and like those neural pathways will really start to, um, develop. Yeah. So I have one final question for you. And that question is, what is one thing you would tell someone to do for their health? Hmm. That's a tough one because I'm thinking of like eight different things. Let's go with build up a really diverse toolbox of stress management tools. I think that the one overarching theme that I see with most of my clients is that we are or they are overly stressed And they don't have a lot of tools to manage that stress. And that stems from, 
I guess I'll say stress uh, prevention and stress management. So setting boundaries, learning to say no, not taking off more than we can chew. Um, those are ways to prevent stress. The only tools you have are going to the gym, eating a pint of ice cream or drinking wine. Like we need some better tools in our toolbox because all of that is just numbing. We have to learn how to feel our feelings, handle our stress, um, cultivate relationships with people, have relationships that support us when we are feeling stressed and learn what other kinds of things we can use when life's inevitable stressors come up. Um, and there, I know we haven't really talked about stress at all, but chronic stress can kill us. Like it's really bad. And we live in this hustle culture where people wear busy as a badge of honor and stressed as a badge of honor. And honestly, I am much more concerned about people's stress levels than I am about their lab work, their body weight, their, their body fat percentage, any of that, because stress is really bad for our health. Oh yeah. And when you say that bad for our health, I, I think that's putting it mildly. Stress is yeah. probably like a huge, like silent killer, mm -hmm. but yep. you know, I have enjoyed this conversation and I just want to say thank you so much for just bringing and shedding awareness on uh, diet culture. And I'm hoping people take away that you don't like, don't believe the hype mm -hmm. and think for yourself, you know, yep. do, do that due diligence and see what is best for you. Just because your friend next door or your neighbor or your brother or your mother, just because they're doing it and it's working for them, doesn't mean it's going to work for you. A hundred percent. Yes. But before we leave, I just want to um, I actually have one more question. <laughs> how, how can people find you and just tell us a little bit about the program you offer? Yeah. So I am on the gram most of the time at lara.days and I have a couple different ways to work with me. I do work with clients one-on-one. -on -one. I also have a couple of group programs. One of them is waitlist right now, because I just started around, it's called the nutrition empowerment project. And that is a 12 week program that is pretty high touch and in depth. I really, I have a full, um, nutrition curriculum. I bring in guest coaches. We have calls every single week as a group, you get one-on-one -on -one calls, very, very involved. And then I'm about to launch a brand new program that is an intuitive eating course called nourished and whole. And that is a 20 week course where we will all be working through the intuitive eating book and workbook together. And we'll have a call once every two weeks to kind of debrief the chapter, see what came up for people and just learn what intuitive eating is and practice the principles in community. I am going to put all of your information in the show notes. So um, feel free to click on the link and reach out. Perfect. Thank you so much again. It was a pleasure uh, chatting with you. You too. Thanks so much for having me.
Don't go just yet. If you like today's episode, please leave a review. This way, the message of health and wellness can get shared with others. If you ever want to hang out, you can find me on Instagram at Balance Health Now. Until next time, stay well.